0: This is Lexa Rollins with Embracing Your Spheres of Influence, and today I have a special co-host with me, and that's AJ Mata from Florida. Hi, Jay. How are you?
1: Uh, very good, Lexa. How are you? Thank you for having me on today. It's a really great pl- privilege and pleasure, truly is.
0: Cool. I'm glad. We always have so much fun when we banter back and forth with our guests. Um, hey, today, really- I've got Tan. T- I'm sorry. Go ahead, AJ.
1: Oh, I said it's Lily. Really, it's fine. Oh, okay. cool.
0: Okay, our guest today is Tammy Demirza. Tammy, am I saying your last name correct? It's Tammy Demirza. Demirza. Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about Tammy. For more than 46 years, ever since she was 11 years old, Tammy has been using her gifts as a medium, intuitive, teacher, and guide to help thousands of clients heal from past traumas and discover who they truly are. Along the way, she had to become comfortable with her unusual abilities, which included being able to read, scan, and empathetically feel the issues within a person's body in order to help describe and identify them for the client. Tammy is a conduit for energy to run through in order to promote the healing within the body, reading and describing in detail the traumas in a person's life, performing remote viewing, doing past life regressions, and accessing messages from people who have transcended, such as masters, teachers, and spirits. She specializes in pursuing the garden, the garden of one's life, and getting to the root of the belief systems that are keeping the person from doing what they came here to do with their life purpose. Tammy's work is about giving the clients the truth about the predicaments in their lives. She guides them in their understanding of where it started and how it's been recycled through scenarios and relationships by gently disclosing details she could not possibly know without God's help. This information empowers the client with the knowledge that they can forgive and choose again as well as a deeper understanding of how much they are unconditionally loved. Tammy sees the predicament, but also the higher self, and reveals the spiritual purpose of these issues and how they can overcome them. Her clients tell her she is a true guide that helps them go home to God, and therefore to themselves. Welcome, Tammy. I'm so excited to have you on.
2: Thank you, Lexa, and to all of your listeners. It
0: is an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. Well, tell me, what is a business intuitive? Tell me a little bit about yourself in this respect.
2: Well, I will tell you that the business intuitive portion of what I do actually came from doing mentoring with people. I have people who find me, they do a session, and then they realize that they need assistance to help them to really overcome more than just the predicament that they called me about. And so in the process of doing that, there's been quite a few instances where I just assisted them in knowing what was going on. And it would be spontaneous. It might be me saying to the client, who's coming into your office on Friday? And she goes, I don't know. And I said, listen, you need an audience with this man. It's a man. I feel a male energy. He's three levels up above you. She said, Tammy, that's the president of the company. I can't get an audience with him. I said, yes, you can. All you do is go to your, his admin is a female, and tell her that you just want five minutes. And he's going to give you 33 minutes. You're going to be shocked. He needs to feel your energy. He needs to know you. You're going to get the appointment. There's no way that I would know this if you weren't supposed to have the appointment. So she texted me back about an hour later and said, hey, I I have an audience. I've got five minutes. I said, remember, I said 33. So about a week on Friday, he comes in, he meets her. And guess what was was the result of this was that she has been um, promoted twice because that (laughs) president got to meet her, got to see her got to experience who she is and now she's becoming like his right-hand person so the advancement of people's careers started occurring and then locally here I had a lady who was about to close down a retail store she opened it up at the worst possible time of year right before Christmas and she had heard about me locally so I go downtown Chattanooga I walk into her store and I said sweetheart you got issues with the landlord. Let me tell you what his personality is. Let me read the information, give it to you, tell you what to do, and you can save this business if you choose. You can close it down. You can save it. And she said, I want to save it. So I started talking about his personality, how he views women, how to deal with him, and I said, this guy down the street over here that's offered to be your business mentor, why are you not approaching him? She said, what do you mean? I said, do you know the guy that you meet in the coffee shop who's offered to be your business mentor? He can help you save this business. So with all of this information, guess what? Next Tuesday, I'm invited to, she was shutting down in a week. I'm invited to an open house with wine and cheese and a party going on. And it's so exciting to be a part of people really getting their power to understand what they can do. And with our limited view of the physical realm, sometimes we just need some assistance from someone who can see beyond
0: what we are looking at. Wow, Tammy, those are some amazing stories. Don't you think so, AJ?
1: I think so, Pretty too. And stuff. it's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer, uh, Lexa and Tammy of like, we're all there, There's like, I don't know what, it, what whether they call it God, Goddess, Universe, or whatever you want to call it, aliens, whatever you want to call it. I, I believe yeah. we're all part of some sort of source, and I feel yeah. like you know when you know there there's a certain segment of people that are that that come from the source, if you would, or this you know that, that's the only way I can describe it. I mean, I don't know, what, I don't know what else to say. It, it's the only way I can describe it is that there's a certain segment of people that come from the source, and you know they just connect, and when you connect with that right person, it's like water seeks stone level, you know. And so it looks like what, that's what, Tammy, what Tammy's doing right now. It's just like, you know, people that are contacting her are, just, you know, they're, they're at her, they're, they're seeking her level right now. You know, they're just trying to get to that other side. of So That's how I see it. And I think it's a great service. I really do. And I think every business person, um, you know, should have not only a consultant. I mean, if you take a look at it this way, the president of the United States, whatever, whether you agree or disagree, you know, regardless of the years. I mean, they have 20, 30 different board of advisors. I think every business business person should have a a business consultant. I also believe strongly that they should have an intuitive consultant. I really do. Someone that can see from a different perspective. I think if they don't look at it from that perspective, they're not going to get a competitive edge. And in today's world, you have to have a competitive edge.
0: I agree. In fact, that's what I was thinking is that your abilities would be great for that competitive edge because I'm sure there isn't any type of client who doesn't need you, correct?
2: Well, there's there's the thing of, you know, when you feel ill-equipped and you don't even know the fullness of who you are, you don't know how great you are, you don't know that you have been preparing for this all of your life. And when that connection is made from someone who has the ability to abridge segments and fragments of your life that feel like pieces of the puzzle that are not coming together for whatever reason or there are, there's pain inside of us because we're not accomplishing. We know that something is not completely what I would call in a spiritual phraseology in alignment or we know that there's something more. There's a pressure that we all come into this lifetime with and we feel it. Well, if you are doing all that you can, and you keep hitting the same walls, or you keep being told no, or something's not working right, getting that intuitive counsel where somebody can actually go in, dive in, and be able to tell you what's going on and why these patterns are going on in your life. I would say that pretty much every single one of us need that guidance and assistance at at different phases in our lives. It's like we come to Crossroads, and we don't know which one to take, you know, and right. we need somebody to hold
0: their hand. I agree. But gosh, Tammy, if, if people don't know this, well, my question is why is it so hard to know our life purpose when we all come in with this specific design and people take a lifetime and they never find it? Why is this so hard?
2: A really good illustration of this that just came to my mind is based on the food that we eat. We don't know how many chemicals are put in it. We don't know how many hormones. We don't know how many preservatives are in it. And so very much like that, we grow up with brainwashing and chemicals yeah. and things put in our lives, not just in our body but in our mind. So our minds and the way that we think is not congruent with what the spirit knows. So I think, AJ, to, to expound on something that you brought up that is so profound, is that we need the spiritual us, which is really the greater part of us, to be integrated and put into and gotten full-on knowledge, awareness, knowing it. You know, um, there's the scripture in the Bible that says that the truth, the truth will set you free. Well, if you're not aware, you don't know. So That's what right. I do and what my work is about is bringing out what is, because I see the predicaments of how people function, I can read the energy, I can scan their bodies, I can tell them what the predicaments are, I can tell them when it started, I can tell them when something happened, give them the details, but the quandary is that I see the spiritual side of them, which is there's a gap in between, and I see who they are, and I'll, I could get very emotional about this, talking about who each of you are, and how powerful you are, and how amazing you are if you just knew it if you understood that a lot of what you think is about limits it's not about moving forward it's not even about what you want it's coping it's trying to make oneself comfortable with where you are instead of looking at where do I want to go and that energy of changing the thought process to this is what we see this is the intuitive information that I'm getting about you, this is what you really want. Let's start
0: focusing on that. Changes a person's lives. Wow. That really encompasses the whole concept of being present. I mean just being right here, right now the way you are and with intuitive help. You can really embrace that and, and be who you are. That's amazing. AJ that I got a... I don't know, twenty what? questions. Do you have some for Tammy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I,
1: I I always this is this is a, this is a, this is like probably one of those eternal questions that can go on and on and on and this is a, and this is a great advocate tammy's a great advocate to be able to help us get clarification is what i feel you know and, and, and tammy i want to ask you this from this from your perspective and, and i think people always want to know this like when you got your gift like like, how did you know you got the gift? I mean, did you say I got the gift or did you just sort of like, okay, well, I'm just going to run with this and you just went with it? Does, and this and, and the second question, follow up, does everybody, because everybody feels like they have some sort of gift, does everybody have that gift?
2: Actually, every single human being has the same capacity that I do. I tell everyone I'm not gifted. I'm not special. I... I what I have found out, AJ, in alignment with this is I'm actually working with a physicist. I have always wanted someone to study the brain. I believe that I'm using capacities of the brain that normal humans beings do human beings do not use. And so he's testing me and he's explaining this to me and he's he's making me feel more comfortable being here. When this occurred when I was eleven years old was because I uh-huh. we didn't go to church and a Southern Baptist pastor came to visit my grandmother. She brought him over next door to us. It was my mother, my grandmother, and me and my sister. And he asked us if we knew about God. And we said, no, we don't know who that is. And he said, well, he has his son, Jesus. He sent his sons for you. And I'm like, who's Jesus? You know. And then he says, well, he loves you. And I said out loud at 11 in front of my grandmother and mother, I'm not loved. I don't know that word. And so overnight for me inviting that love. I said, this heaven and hell concept doesn't feel good to me. I said, but if you're talking about this love word and it's Jesus fella and God, guy, whoever these are, let them come in. I I invite them in and immediately everything in my life changed. What colors I liked, what songs I liked. I started having the direct non-physical communication and I identified it as source, God, you know, higher self, however you want to phrase this, it it is irrelevant. It's really love energy. And it's the opening that occurred in my heart to me being more susceptible and open to whatever is more than what I'm experiencing here in this life. Because where I was and how I was living wasn't pleasant. So I knew that I needed something. And when I did that, Um, I started experiencing supernatural knowingness. Well, I honestly believed that every single child that I went to school with, every single friend that I had, and every single adult was experiencing the same thing I was. And when Mm. I was in my 20s and started realizing that there was a striking difference, I actually got very angry, shook my fist at God, and said, Take this from me. I just want to be normal. I was starting to be the freak. I had people lining up. Outside my door I had people calling me in the middle of the night I had people getting healed From cancer And all sorts of crazy things going on And I didn't know how to cope with it So I actually stepped away from this For about 13 years And said look All I know about is judgment All I know about is that I'm a freak and I'm mistreated Because I say things that you tell me Why do you tell me these things I tell you these things Because I want you to know It's for your training. It's not for you to share. All of these things are steps. And really our own predicaments of walking through, you know, for those of us who are like this, that have a greater capacity. I think we've just opened our brains by opening our hearts, by looking more at what is possible instead of what is limited. We all go through a very difficult process. And to be honest with you, we don't want to do this work. (laughs) Until... We finally accept it.
1: Tammy, is, is 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 there a is there is there from your perspective, from your perspective, is there, is there a real god or goddess, but or are we gods or goddesses?
0: You're breaking up a bit. AJ, say that question again.
1: Are, 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 is there a real god or goddess, or are we the real, or are we the god or goddesses? You okay. know what I mean. So, are we god or goddesses yeah. incarnate. Is there a real god or goddess that we have to pray to? Uh, you know, harness to whatever. I mean, you know, that, that becomes a proverbial question. What's, what's been your experience, you know, from really dealing with a
2: brilliant question. My concept, because I was in the Southern Baptist church for many years, was that it was God, but I will tell you that that has changed to the, all that there is the connection. So I would say that the non-physical is trying to merge with the physical. And there's a gap in between. There's a separation. my work is about abridging and unseparating the gap between you and you which means you and god or source or universe or possibilities or love which is miracles and all of these things and you being whole complete healed being able to run here and be comfortable and not have so many issues you can actually get to a place of bliss uh, what they call perceived heaven here. So there isn't a heaven or hell. There isn't just God. There is love, and love is everything, all things, every cell and every tree. It's uh, And it's also us. So our job is really to get rid of the degrees of separation that we believe that we have, which is all-inclusive to everything, every human being, every plant, every animal, you know, the sky, the rain, you know, the wind,
0: everything is, it's all one. It's just love. Wow. Tammy, you certainly uncovered yet another sphere of influence for so many of us. If people wanted to find out more about you and, and contact you about your services, where would they go?
2: They can contact me through my phone, which is 8644 Three zero eight zero nine one, or they can email me at Tammy at Tammy Demirza.com.
0: Good, and I want everyone to know that she did write a book, and it was uh, what was the name of it again, Tammy? The name is called The
2: Inmate and the Medium, and let me tell you that right. that was a six year um, segment of my life where I was put through oh an our school curriculum, and sometimes I was grateful and really good at it, and sometimes I was yelling and screaming and pitching fits, but I grew <laughs> exponentially because of it. And isn't this life? Isn't this the way that it is? Sometimes we're happy, and sometimes we're pitching fits and we're angry, but if we understand, if we get the truth, if we become aware we don't have those issues anymore. And you'll see that journey of the human predicament for everyone in that book. And I'm quite honest
0: and transparent. Oh, that's excellent. I really want to read that myself. Well, Tammy, good. Everyone's heard a little bit more about you. And I know you have so many other, what I call gifts, um, that's your normal. And I'd like to bring you on again and talk about this. But for today, I thank you so much. I'm honored to have you on the show. Thank you. I feel blessed
1: to know you. <laughs> thank you so much, Cammy. Yeah, thank you very, thank you very much, Cammy, for bringing the southern side of yourself to us. And uh you know, just you know let's 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 you know, you know, we always say this it's like you know, take what you want and throw the rest away. It's just like you know, you you, you have some you have some you have some gifts, and I think people need people. They have no choice at this point in time, in my opinion. Um, they okay. they they they. Have, realize what, what what is really what is really out there for them and 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 people are really really starving for this kind of information and uh thank you for bringing it out really and mm, thank thanks thanks for, for being me. thanks for being thanks for being a leader on this one for real mm.
0: yes i thank agree you, Hi, I'm Lexa Rollins, and I have a special co-host today, and I've got Jay Mata with me from Florida. Hi, Jay, how are you?
1: Lexa, Lexa, how are you? Thank you for having me on today. It's such a nice, nice, nice treat to get to share this with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to John, John Nesta, thank you for joining us. I want to hear all about your book, My Mother's Honor, right? Yes,
3: in thy mother's honor. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, this, this is great. You know, just to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started with this book? You know, what's your background? How you got started with this book and, and how, how you got to where you're at today with it? Well,
3: <clears throat> excuse me. I, when I got out of the service, uh, through the years as I got older in life, I started needed uh, some treatment at the VA and they uh, immediately started having me seeing psychiatrists and eventually because I was listed as extreme combat uh they had me see a trauma specialist. After the trauma specialist talked to me for well over a year pulling my history out of Vietnam from my injuries to combat uh to family life after he felt that my family and many others needed to hear about all this because it was, in his mind, a rare experience, and it could possibly help many of the vets out there. So I, after about a year and a half of coaxing from him, I finally, probably more than that, decided to take the time to write down, um, really impossible to write everything down, the book would be enormous, and it would take forever to write, but I tried to pick some of the main key points of my combat in Vietnam injuries I occurred, and then my life after, family a little bit and then to all the surgeries I'm going through now, rebuilding those old injuries and Agent Orange cancers.
0: John, I just want to thank you so much for your service. I I know how tough that must have been. And, you know, the Vietnam War was a disaster with respect to what happened with all you guys. Uh, And this is a huge topic that you've taken on. I do think a lot of people need to be helped and they need to be aware of what you did experience and life with your family afterwards. How is your family? How is that going for you? uh
3: the family you life have- you know while raising, while raising just married and raising a kid that was tough, I was extremely strict extremely um I guess you would call it rage. I held a lot of rage. I had a lot of problems with rage growing up. So, I mean, with my family and the, uh, they never beat anybody, my wife or that, but, uh, extremely strict, extremely, um, I guess you would say everything had to be perfect at all times or I was on them and very vocal and very loud. And, and I fortunately, unfortunately during my life got in a lot of actual fights, uh, because I had no patience with anybody. So I tried to keep myself. As much as I could, but when I was around people, it just didn't work out. So that was my life. And they had to suffer through that. They never could have a lot of friends, family, or personal because I was not good around people. So they had to live with what dad's problems were. And now as they're older, they're finally understanding and hopefully moving on.
0: That's great. Well, did you suffer from PTSD for what they call PTSD today?
3: Um, yes, ma'am. I I am one of the few that is rated 100% PTSD. Um, yeah. You get ratings from 10% all the way up to 100. And uh yeah. after many, many visits, they uh, put me at that point. And what that means partially is I am seeing psychiatrists and that the rest of my life. I see them every month if they need me more. They make me come in depending on what they pull out of me each visit, what I tell them, what to ask. So it's uh, an experience that in my mind I relive because every time I know I got to see a psychiatrist the next day, I'm reliving because I know he's going to try to bring up things I don't want to talk about. So I tell him all the time, I think it's a compound issue, um, seeing him and not seeing him, but it's part of our life. Anyone who's been in combat yeah, they... will know that or has experienced a life right. trauma in many other ways. The wives, battered wives, uh, injured from accidents. So it, it's it's tough to deal with, but you'll learn to cope or, or, or it's over.
0: Yes. I, you know, they, they got, and have done so much more research today about PTSD and which can help many of you. Much of that is trauma therapy and the nutritional pieces, right? Uh There's, you're different. Your brain is forever changed. So you will always have to deal with that. But, Do you find it easier now to find certain techniques that help you through with life, making it a little bit easier for yourself?
3: Um, My family has been my largest help, but as I keep getting older, to me, what I've realized is staying as busy as I can is my best thing I can do. Every minute of the day, I need to be doing something, whether it's with my family or by myself, anything. I just need to keep myself busy. Wow. Yeah, that's...
0: you've. You've taken on a lot just because you went went to Vietnam. And, again, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Jay, this is I a mean, big topic.
1: It really is. It really is. John, and I have to ask you so I'm going to echo what Lexa has already said a couple of times, is that uh, thank you again for your service. And, you know, it's without your service that we wouldn't even have the luxury to probably be even having these kind of conversations right now um, on you the Internet. I would, I would doing, you know, So thank you so much for that. Um, John, a, 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 any regrets, I understand that you're going through changes and I understand you going through, you know, treatment and everything like that, but any regrets, would you do it again if you had
3: to? I would do it again in an instance. I would do you it would. again in an instance. I felt that you know, when I went in the Marines I was nineteen. Um, by twenty I was in Vietnam. I had my twenty first, twenty second birthday there. I never came home. I went there after ten months in service and when I came home I was done. Never came home in between the three tours there. So, no, I stayed. Uh The tours at the time I was there were nine months, nine months, six months, and I stayed for all of them uh, by my choice after the first one, and there was reasons for that. And uh, I tried to explain a lot of my life in Vietnam in the book. My injuries, I had multiple injuries, so I tried to detail them, I tried to detail things about them and how to relate for anything to go through later in life, hoping that it could reach out to another vet who's. Having different traumas, whether similar or different reasons, and maybe it could relate to them and give them a guidance on where to go and and it doesn't have to be a vet who read it and help out. It could be a neighbor whose neighbor or neighbor's kids or their kids are playing together and they know that guy's having a problem or a woman uh, maybe they could suggest something to him and that's my hopes and goals and and also there are some I'm still trying to recover things that I feel the v a owes me, so that's also in my book that I've got in there.
1: In your mother's honor, though, is that like, so tell me, tell me, how did the title come about?
3: When I, uh, eight months into my service in the Marine Corps, um, my father died of a heart attack at work. Uh, they called my mother. My mother at that time was eight months pregnant. She collapsed, fell on her belly. It crushed the baby's head. So that day she lost the baby and uh her husband. Two months later, I came home to tell her I was going to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh She naturally says, you can't go. I can't hear that I lost a son also. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I made her a promise that uh, she would never hear that the Viet Cong or Vietnamese ever hurt me or killed me. So each time I was injured in Vietnam, I refused treatment from the corpsman and the doctor. Um, and in doing so, uh, she would never hear that I was injured. Because if they touch you, the record also goes to your parents. The record just doesn't go to military. Then it goes back, in this case, to your wife husband and or in my case parents. And my mom told me if she heard something happened it would kill her again. So she I felt she would lose her life if she heard I was injured. So I refused treatment. The Corpsman uh, one time and a doctor or another guided me through patching myself up, taping myself, morphine shots, stoning myself. Um and then uh that's how I made it. I made it home, kept my promise to my mother she never heard about it and I got home and uh, years later when she died she never knew that I was injured. She suspected, but never knew because I'd always say to her, look, my both arms, both legs. Because she had never seen me without my clothes on, so she did see all the scars on my body. I still have shrapnel on my body. That naturally can't be seen. So the book was titled In My Mother's Honor because I felt I kept my promise.
1: Yeah, wow. Wow! Lexa, how beautiful is that?
0: I just mind-blowing. What John, what are some of the surgeries that you still have to endure today? What were some of the injuries that happened to you over there?
3: Um, I was, uh, myself and many others, we had a rocket We were hit by a rocket in a transport vehicle. Robin Gabe were killed. Myself and uh, some other Marines were injured. They were all medevaced out. I refused that. I treated myself, taped myself, uh, bandaged myself, morphine myself, and I stayed on. I was just out of duty for, oh, maybe seven, eight, ten days. I'm morphing the whole time until I could start assuming back into combat issues. Um, and so that screwed up my back. And then later on, I was caught with a mortar, again killed other the Marines around me, and I was knocked out, cracked my neck, spine. Uh, at that time, didn't know it also ruined my whole left shoulder. And then uh, later on, again in another detail, I took a grazing bullet in my leg. Um, but many of the Marines were as fortunate as I did or other military in other actions. And I was able to make it home. And now, later in life, um, they've had to go in and totally rebuild my back. I've got plates, bolts, rod screws, 28 parts on my back, uh, new disc. My neck has been rebuilt. New disc in my neck, rods, plates. I haven't just last year I had a total new shoulder, complete total shoulder replaced. So my whole shoulder was metal all the tenons, uh cartilage everything anything in there. And then I've gone through multiple Agent Orange cancer surgeries because we were all sprayed with the Agent Orange. So I've had total prostate removal, nose, nerves. So I've gone with with the pee bag and the hose and tube out of the penis and you know, on. And then all the diapers and pads, and that's for life now. And then I've had five cancer surgeries from Agent Orange and, and kidneys. Uh, so I'm, so the, cancers, the Agent Orange cancer never leaves your body. It's constantly moving. So they constantly monitor it. It, it, it eventually ends up in the blood, and then it, that's when it'll take you out. And the timing is different with everybody, so I'm constantly checked uh where it's going, and once it hits my blood, they'll let me know, and then they'll give me an estimated countdown. Count. And that day is always unknown.
0: How How does this affect you going forward? Did the book help you work through some of this?
3: I mean, you're well, helping others,
0: yes. but did it help you too?
3: The book actually brought attention to hopefully many, many people, many, many vets, and and my family because my family knew I was injured, but they never knew to what extent because it was never discussed our whole lives. So they actually learned about it. They learned about all my different injuries. Now they see all the new surgeries going on because they're here living it with me. How does it affect right. me? Uh The book... In a way, I guess, allows me to talk about it at times. Other times I get emotional and I have to stop and take a deep breath and wait a minute or so before I can continue talking. I don't really try to talk with anybody and I haven't my whole life about Vietnam. And that's basically all the best. You don't want to talk to nobody about it. You're, you're more of a loner. You stay alone and you just, it's not an issue you want to bring up. I brought this thing up, wrote it because this trauma specialist felt it would be, it might help me, but it, very possibly will help many of the vets out there or friends of vets and families of vets. So I feel it's helped me a little. I can talk about some of the things in it, but not a lot of it. I would rather people read it because it's extreme. I would just keep breaking down on so many issues. They, I, I wouldn't be able to explain it.
0: Yeah. And so I'm able to do something,
3: and it maybe has helped a little with some of the PTSD, but very little. Like I've told the site, I have to see constant... I believe it'll end on the day I die, probably,
0: John. Why did you even want to join the military?
3: uh back then, I got drafted, so uh, ah. I, everybody around me was getting drafted. We were getting all all got out of high school. Very few people back then went to college. I grew up on the south side right. of Chicago, so you you worked in the steel mills or oil refineries, and I did that for a few months, and I decided um. I didn't want that, so when I got my draft notice, I joined the Marines, uh, instead of going wherever they might send me. And, uh, was, I was told they had extreme training and I was a very physical kid, so I wanted that extreme training and, and that's why I went in actually. The government said it was time.
0: Well, that's amazing. Jay? You know is, what? Uh, I-
1: Wow. I know. I know. It's like you just, you just, you just hear these stories and you, you just, uh, you know, when you're, when you're actually having a conversation with people like John like, it's like, it's amazing to be able to be like, wow, this is what you go through. And, and, and the fact that, you know, I mean, did, did, did you, did you go through it thinking that, you know, you were, I know you said you were a physical kid, but did, did you, did you, did you, did you go through it on saying like more, I want to get more physical or more like, Hey, I want to serve
3: my country. Uh, To be honest, and I really detail this in the book, I hate to bring things up, but people can find out more, because I can't say everything on the radio for two reasons. It'd be too much, or I would break down and start crying, and, and that's an embarrassment to me. But I actually, when I was a kid, that I was fighting in wars over and over again, and when it came time, I thought, okay, I'm being drafted because I'm supposed to go. I just felt that was what I was supposed to do, so I needed to... See if what I was dream- dreaming about was real life, and what I found out it was way beyond my dream
1: when you say you were supposed to go do you did you mean that from like more like a like a spiritual background place of you or like like you maybe think that that was destiny or was that something that was just ingrained with you from
3: you know your family up whether you want to call it destiny or spiritual? I just had multiple multiple dreams as a kid that I was fighting a comet and seeing myself you know, in an actual physical combat situation. So uh, right. I, I did not hesitate. When I got drafted, I did not hesitate uh to go. I did not hesitate or have any doubts that I wanted to go to Vietnam and experience it. And and, and, then, and just and I know I already asked you this before, but absolutely no regrets, huh? No regrets. I mean I truthfully believe that if everybody could experience the type of combat I experienced and live a decent life after it's a tremendous growing experience, but now now I'm going through a lot of things I never expected from when I thought those thoughts shortly after I got out. But so many, again, so many people, unfortunately, didn't make it home or came home without the legs and arms. And even though I had all that, I've had a lot of other things later in life now I'm reliving and dealing with because of the, uh, Vietnam. Wow, well, Alexa. Right. Uh, wow.
0: Yeah, it's powerful. Well, in your book... Uh It's called, you know, In Thy Mother's Honor, and it's by I Am Waiting. So, did you do that, calling yourself I Am Waiting?
3: I chose I Am Waiting as a pen name because after, which I didn't realize, when I refused a treatment for my injuries in Vietnam, I was also refusing Purple Hearts. I was refusing my treatment because I didn't want my mother, and I was afraid the news might kill my mother. So... I have for close to 10 years been fighting with these, since my mom has passed, been fighting with the government, trying to get my Purple Hearts back. And I also found out I was promoted to sergeant while I was there, Uh and I found that by getting records from that. So at the close of my book, I am saying at the close of my book, I am waiting for my Purple Hearts to be awarded to me. Uh And I fill out every piece of paperwork that the government has asked me three times over. There's, like in the back of the book, and they've been given, there's copies from the military showing shrapnel in my body from x-rays, showing all chief surgeons saying that all my injuries are related to Vietnam, the type of injury, calcium bill, everything about it. Letters from other Marines stating, yes, they're aware of it, what happened. Anything they ask for, they've gotten. and And they're simple. And last, I've had five appeals. Last appeal was that when I refused my treatment, I basically was telling the government I wasn't insured. So I am saying I am waiting for my Purple Hearts in hopes, and I am waiting for my sergeant's promotion, and am I am waiting for my Agent Orange, um, let's say, award, and hoping that somebody out there who reads this book either knows the way or knows someone who knows to get to the right person and get around all this bureaucracy and get me my medal, get me my promotion.
0: Definitely, you deserve that medal.
3: So I just put, I oh, am my. waiting for this. I am waiting for that. And then I thought, you know what? Instead of using my name for the book, that to me, that would be a, a very good related pen name. That's very or, powerful. Or if or, or not, it's a really good dating profile name, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> never thought of that well, yeah, just, just bring a light on that, but I think, but I think it's good though. I, mean, I, I tell you, Wow. Um, <laughs> amazing though. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, and Johnny, I got, I, I got to ask you this. I, I do have to ask you this. I know, I know, I know we've kind of gone through this before a little bit there, but um, what would you recommend to people right now that are actually signing up for the military and, and do this? What would you, based on your, you got drafted. Now people have choices. What would you say to people, like, what they should look for when they're looking to go in the military?
3: Well, have a direction if you can in life, because when you sign up, you can now, which you couldn't back then. You could, but they never honored it. Uh, have a direction to go where you want to do, possibly after the military, because once you're in, you may not choose the military. And always remember, when you're in the military, if anything goes wrong with you, no matter what, I don't care if you're getting out of the bed and you fall for some reason and crack an ankle, break a wrist, make sure it's recorded, and keep a copy of everything. Because when you go later in life and try to get any kind of care, like I said, for over two years, I battled just to get into the VA to get them to pay for my care. And all all the time I served, all my time in combat, and all it was was refill this document out, refill this document out. didn't do it right. Just... Pick a direction, and if something goes wrong, anything, make sure it's tracked and recorded. And when you get out, you make sure you get a complete copy of your records, your medical records, because then they can never deny, change, or say they lost anything. That goes on, or at least that went on with me and many of the vets I've gone through trying to get our our, uh, care. John, John, I would like to say excellent advice.
1: I would like to say to you real quick and, uh, you know, before Lexi jumps back on, it's like, again, thank you again, uh, my good friend for your service. And thank you for the life that you, that you have committed that has given the rest of us the life that we do right now. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that. uh, Thank you
3: both. If you don't mind, I'd like to let everybody know they can buy that book actually at any of the bookstores or Amazon in my mother's honor. So,
0: yes. That's why I wanted to talk a little bit about this. Uh, So you can go to Amazon. Do you have a website, John?
3: I don't have a website. I have a Facebook page. And the Facebook page is in the book name of the book, In Thy Mother's Honor. So if they went to Facebook, typed it In Thy Mother's Honor, they would see my Facebook page.
0: Good. Let's really get this out.
3: Because we want as many people to see it. Yes, I would, you know, again, I'm hoping if the right person reads it, if it's not, then they may know somebody to recommend, whether just to read the book or give them the information, to help something with another vet who relates to things I'm going through, or to possibly help me get my old Purple Hearts back or my promotion. I would greatly appreciate exactly. that, because I've exhausted all my appeals, and the answer is so outrageous, uh, you know, because you know, they tell me I can't go any further unless... I have new evidence. I don't know what more evidence there is to give. I fulfilled all 11 items they asked for.
0: That's a tragedy in itself. That is really unfortunate. So we really need to promote this book. And you've got it at Amazon. When did you write this book, John? How long has it been out? I, uh,
3: the book came out. Uh, it was actually printed the last week of December, but went out for distribution. I think it was the second or third week of February. And it finally made Excellent. it to Amazon. I think in March, Amazon and Barnes & Noble.
0: So this is new. Great. Yes. That was a great courage to write this book. Okay. Well, I'd like to um, have you on every few months so we can keep talking about this and keep putting this out there so that more and more people can become aware of not only what you've been through, but helping each other and helping the young men as well, young men and women. Excuse me. <laughs> that was a sexist comment, huh, Jay? Yes. The no, it's all, but it's, it's, it's okay are... if
1: you said it. If, if I said it, it would have been bad. But if you said it, it's okay. <laughs> you know? So, that's well, all right. You yeah, got, it, you got a... it. As long as you said, Alexa. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. That's my bad. I tell you, there's a lot of women in the military, too. I just, uh, my father was a big, uh, uh, military person what the, the Marines that's what I'm trying to say so yeah the Marines have a have great value in the military but I'm sorry to hear that you're not getting your promotion and let's just keep our eye on the ball and maybe that'll happen
3: that, John that's thank you so voice. much
0: for your time go ahead I'm sorry
3: I, I thank you both for your for this opportunity and I thank your listeners for taking the time out of their life thank yeah, you,
0: John. bless you
3: John. yeah bless you John thank bless you, you. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: You too. Have a great day. Bye.